Okay. Right. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, right there. Before Rosh Hashanah is always a scary time. The whole year is a scary time, but it seems like that that's one of the reasons we read that Parsha. If anything bad has to happen, we should be done with and should, you know, start the new year with the, you know, we should be Yotza with the Kriya Satora and, you know, move on. It's a shame of good things. Okay. What? I said, look what I just noticed. May this be a simon. Look at the name of the parak we're learning right now. FLP, even though, yeah, that's right. Okay. So we are on the bottom line, actually, ready to begin today. Um, a fascinating discussion that we get into uh, because part of Suva has to do with uh, a woman whose uh, husband died or divorced and she wants to remarry. And uh, there's a, the challenge is there's responsibility towards the child that may, was born. And sometimes that gets in the way of remarriage, meaning the, uh, to both sides, they have to worry about children that were born. And uh, there's a concern that if a woman remarries, uh, that the, uh, if she remarries, she potentially will get pregnant again, and uh, the, then she won't be able to nurse. So when it's with the father of the child, so we're not worried that the child won't survive. He'll, he'll do whatever it takes um, the, uh, to hire a wet nurse if needed, or uh, if the mother can't nurse, so then they had their own ancient formula that they used. Uh, they would buy food, special food for the baby that's expensive, but it's his baby, of course he's going to do that. Whereas if it was not his child, he wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks to keep that child healthy, and the child would be in danger. And so we're going to see that uh, that was one of the requirements was that the baby first. You have child, you have responsibility to the child before you can start another marriage. So the problem was that uh, sometimes women didn't, necessarily want to nurse the child and then the question was well who's going to pay for the wet nurse and um, uh, when is it that we say that no the mother has to nurse the child so we the Mishnah said that if the child already recognized the mother uh, and typically you couldn't you the way the wet nurse worked was that you started it before the child was young enough to to know its mother's milk and would easily take a substitute but once the child recognized its mother, it would be very difficult to get it if, uh, to switch to a different uh, nurse mom. So uh, the way the Mishnah said it was, Im hayu makira. If the baby recognized and had gotten used to the mother, uh, so then under certain circumstances, we would... Now it's interesting, uh, the ex has to pay for the mother to nurse. Uh, but we would insist that the mother child, the mother take care of the child, but the ex is going to have to pay for it. Um, but that was the, uh, why? Because it's his child. But uh, it just happens to be the only way to keep this child healthy, though, is to have the mother nurse it. And so at least that was the only, I'm, so the question is, ad kama, um, how, how old is the child, when is the child too old that it's already addicted to its mother? If it's already three months old, Rashi ad Kama, Kama Kadoshim Islam, top Rashi on today's page, Kama Kadoshim Islam the Mamershiyoda Lakira Melenik Meisha Kheras. How old is it where it won't know, uh, uh, where it already knows not to nurse from somebody else? This ain't mom. This tastes different. 
At what time is the child's taste developed? So Amar Rav, Amar Rav, Shlosh, he says three months. Shmuel says, Shloshimim, 30 days. Rav Yitzchak, Amar Rav Yochanan, Chamishimim, 50 days. And some people, Amar Rav Simi Barabai, Halachak Rav Yitzchak, Shomar Shum Rav Yochanan. We agree with that 50 days. So Bishlam, so what are they arguing on? So the Morris says, Bishlam, Rav Rav Yochanan, you could say, it actually depends on the child. Some children are, are sharper than others. In other words, certain children grow up faster. They begin to recognize faces or, or smells or tastes quicker than other babies. But according to Shmuel, who said 30 days, there's no baby apparently that's uh, hooked to 30 days. It knows it's... So that's the question where the 30 days are your money back. Where does that... Apparently, babies don't really know by 30. They, you could argue they know by three months or by 50, but by 30, it wasn't so common. So what's his opinion? So that's the question. Let's see, Rashi. Each child, according to its sharpness. It's what they, used, they love that word. They used to call it a whippersnapper. I don't know why they sure, you know, where they, I don't know where they get these, you know, why would you call a baby a whippersnapper or, you know, or whatever. But it, it, it's the words that they use. Yesh tinecharif. You got some kids that are sharp who makir and knows, but in fifty days. But yesh ainu makir. Some need a little more time to uh, to three months. Back to the mist. So we're trying to figure out the thirty day. Where'd that come from? So kiasi, there was a student of uh, Shmuel's called Rami Bar Yecheskel. I'm sorry, he was named Yehuda Bar Yecheskel. So uh, that he was the one who quoted uh, the teaching of Shmuel. Uh, Shmuel, uh, that was Omar, uh, Omar of Yirmiya Bar Abba said in the name, um, no, Shmuel said Shloshim Yom. So the question was, who quoted Shmuel? So, Ki Asa Rami Bar Yecheskel, when Rami Bar Yecheskel came, Omar lo tatsitsu lahani kloi dekali Yehuda achi mishmei Shmuel. He said, don't trust my brother. Now, unfortunately, family members sometimes know their family better than others. Meaning that a stranger would give the benefit of the doubt, but sometimes you know your family members better than anybody else. So he said, "You know, my brother. He, you know, he talks a good game, but he don't. You don't don't fully rely on what he says in the name of Shmuel." Uh, the more quotes this in a number of places. So I, the more it does quote him, which means that there was they did want to accept what he said, but his brother discounted. Now it could be that sometimes brothers cut their younger brothers short, which is also true. There's a, sometimes uh, older brothers just never get over that the fact that it's your, their younger brother, even though you know they're already there's so many people that they're colleagues that they're one year younger. They you know they they don't they don't pay, but somehow it was they remember when their brother was young that they just never let him. Uh, you know, don't pay attention to my younger brothers. He said, Omer Shmuel, Kozman Shemekira. Shmuel never said the 30 days. He said, whenever the child recognizes. Uh, that, that was actually his language. And so he said, Rashi, ain't shir ledover. Really, Shmuel never said 30 days. What was said was, you can't put an exact number on when it will be dangerous uh, to use a nursemaid. You got to get the doctor in there. You got to test this child. Uh, if we see, I'm on the Rashi four lines up. If we see that this child is addicted to its mommy, so then 
we force her to nurse because once the child's addicted, he's going to starve if you're going to try to push him on someone else and it's not going to be healthy. <laughs> the mortality rate in those days was horrible. It was really, uh, babies just didn't, sur- a high, high percentage of them just didn't survive. They were so, they didn't have a lot of the antibiotics and other things that we give our babies or, or things to build them up. And uh, they were weakened when they were babies, and it was really just uh, just very high percentage. So anything that you would do that, you know, if a baby's not going to eat for a week or two or whatever, is the, uh, today, even today, it's not considered, you know, if a child isn't, uh, uh, isn't matching with a certain formula or something, it's very important to get them on the right, uh, they shouldn't lose weight. But in those days, it was, uh, it was absolutely, you know, they, they, ch- children were considered very... Um, at risk for, you know, and anything. So they, Rashi says, Kofa, we force this mother that doesn't want to nurse, Umenika Baskar, but we force the, uh, the ex to pay for it. Uh, he's the father. He's going to, you know, the, the mother's going to miss work time to nurse this baby. Afilu Begrusha, even if, even if he's divorced, he doesn't want to pay her too bad. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, that's the, that's the, so this is another version that Shmuel never actually said 30, but he said that you have to test it. You can't say, well, it's before 50 days, so don't worry about it. No, he said you have to see if this child's addicted before the mother gets off. Now, what happens is if the mother gets off nursing, she loses her milk. And so it's like, it's, uh, then it's too late to go back. So basically you have to see if the child's addicted before the mother gives it up. Okay. Mora brings the story. There was a case of a mother that came in front of Shmuel and said, I don't want a nurse. So Omer Leirivdi Bar Yosef Zil Budka. He said, go and give her a test. So this is what he did. It's fascinating because um, the police used to use these lineups. Remember that? Though? I don't know if they still do. Uh, anybody know? They used to have lineups uh, where they line people up and they would say, pick out the, you know, let's see if you can pick out the criminal or the, um, at least in the movies, that was what they always did or whatever. They, uh, before DNA or whatever, that was considered the top, you know, way to tell. So Ozo Osef, so they had a row of women. They brought a whole bunch of women together. And they said, let's take this baby and see if it could pick the mommy out of the lineup. So Ozo Osef Bidori Dineshe. He went and they brought the baby into a row of women. Vishaka Labre, and they took this baby, the Kamahada Alaya, and it brought each child to each mother. Kimate Lagabe, when it came to the baby, came to its real mother can't fool this baby, right? It was staring at its mommy. In other words, this baby, you can't fool the baby. It knew its mommy. The mother, she said, she turned away, like, you know, her face, so the baby wouldn't, like, see her, because she was hoping the baby would nurse from somebody else. So uh, Shmuel said, it's pretty clear that this child knows its mommy. He said, turn around, kum dori pick up your kid. Uh, he knows, he recognizes you already. It, uh, he, the, the baby uh, was clear that the baby was addicted to its mother and therefore uh, would not easily take somebody else and therefore uh, she would have to nurse this child even though she didn't want to. Is there any discussion of the mother's motivation for not wanting to? Did that come up at all? Um, really, we're just focused on the health of the baby here. Um, that's the uh, the assumption is the adults will survive. That's the assumption, uh, even though she needs to work or whatever it may be. But that uh, a baby would be very risky, and we're not taking any risks on the uh, on the baby. So it's just uh, 
you see that that seems to be the rule. Then the Gemara says, uh, well, what about if the baby's blind? Manuyada. So then what do you, how would you establish this? It sounds like from here that we watch the baby's eyes. It looks like we see if the baby, uh, you know, looks differently at the mother than someone else. So the Gemara is saying, well, what do you do if the baby's blind? How would you test it? So Omer of Ashi, of a time. No, they, Ashi babies can smell and they can taste. They know, we all know from Moshe Rabbeinu, he didn't want to nurse, he could taste the Jewish mom. Uh, the interesting thing is that we say that he sensed Kedusha, Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why he didn't want to nurse. That, uh, I mean, it could be that the diet of the Egyptian women made their milk taste differently. That's if you want to be skeptical, you know, that, uh, but it tasted different. And so that's why he only wanted, but they say he was, the, the, he sensed the Kedusha of a Jewish mom. He didn't want to nurse from uh, um, somebody else. So that's the first part of this. How long do you have to nurse for? Um, in other words, all right, so uh, a Jewish mother has to nurse the baby and uh, can't get remarried because uh, uh, that could or can't um, uh, because that could affect the milk supply if she gets pregnant and she wouldn't be able to nurse. So how long? So the average is 24 months, two years. What if she wants to nurse longer? It's a strange expression that the Mephorshim try to deal with. Um, it says that if a baby nurses older than that, it's like somebody nursing from a non-kosher, uh, non-kosher being. The, the, I guess the real question is, um, in some societies, they nursed uh, even older children, like uh, um, up until many, many years old, Apparently, we were against that, Apparently, because, or at least this opinion meant to say that um, a human isn't totally kosher being, so to speak. So it's like yonik sheketz. It's like nursing from a non-kosher. It's not recommended to nurse at an older stage. That's one opinion, Diveri Rebbe Eliezer. Um, again, I, it's hard to speak to. They don't, there isn't a lot of explanation for why. Rashi just says, ki'ilu ki'yonik sheketz, it's as if it nursed from something not nice. Not, not, is it because it's not modest? I don't, I don't think that's what it means here. I mean, they could still do it modestly if the child's older, unless it means by necessity when a child's older, it starts pulling at the mother to remove her clothing. It sometimes doesn't feel modest when a child is at, is at that stage. Or the, uh, but I, I can't speak to it. I'm not sure. Uh, Rabbi Yeshua says, He says, no, no problem. You know, four or five years old, no problem. Pirish, uh, now, once the child stops nursing, uh, and then you like, it's one thing, certain children don't want to let go. They just don't want to stop nursing, that's fine. If they did already, and then they go out of their way to do it, then it's a, uh, it basically has to do with the needs of the child. If the mother, for some reason, wants to hold on or, or beyond when it's needed, so that seems to be a question. Again, I, there's not much explanation, unless somebody here knows what the, why would, why would it be a problem? Why, do, why are they looking bad at an older child nursing? Um, and again, unless it's just the, uh, the overall idea, unless it has to do with modesty, but I'm, it's not clear to me. It's not real clear the, uh, uh, but. Not necessarily connected, but in, in some circles, uh, means of birth control. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're pushing off having children, right? I see, right up to twenty. That's a very interesting opinion. That's very good. That's that's very uh, 
they um, there was there there were, yeah there is there is a discussion about um, today where a lot of people don't nurse and a lot of people feel that they can't handle a child less than uh, you know uh, after they just had another child so under usually the way they recommend that a person should speak to a posa because it's a halachic issue to um, to not have another child it's not so simple uh, and and the men always get involved and say well we can't afford it and that's usually not a that's not a reason not to have another child really though we we Jews don't feel like that because most people would feel they can't afford the children they have or they would never have children if they you would know what a child costs you in life you would never have them it's the uh, but the question that's it and i'm just saying it's really a halakha question but it's 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 commonly thought that up till 24 months it's it, it, there's uh, some it's it's sometimes considered reasonable or accepted Ramosha uh, talks about this discussion about is there a uh, is there the 24 month but you're, if somebody were to do it for four or five years just not to have another would that be considered like selfish or not a, that's a that's an interesting theory okay but that's about the truth is i had nothing to grasp at so at times, sometimes you have even something that's a good good theory okay um for a minute so Omar Mar, we said though clearly four or five years, that's Yonik Shekets. For a minute, where's the question? Yocha Hekola Mahalkeshtaim Tame. So the more has a question, how do you know that a mother's milk is kosher? Uh, a mother walks on two feet. So I would have said, if you uh, take the milk of somebody that walks on two feet, I would have said that it's impure. Vidinu, my behema, if you look at an anima, shalkaltabamaga. You can touch um, non-kosher animals, and you can touch their fluids, but But we're strict about their milk. Uh, actually, um, this would be a woman during a time of the month that her... Uh, uh, well, actually, Russia, they we're still talking about the animal. Um, the... Uh, that uh, fluids that come out of a woman when she's impure are considered impure. Adam bamaga, and we're careful by humans. He's trying to say that we're not uh, non-kosher animals. Their 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 uh, milk doesn't necessarily make things tame, uh, and because uh, we're makele by touching it, but we still don't drink the milk of let's say camels or or pigs. Humans, where we're strict with their fluids, that. Uh, uh, the uh, the fluids of a person during the times when they're in Nida. We know the story with uh, Sari Menu that uh, when the angels came and she became young again, she couldn't make the challah because it would be tameh, right? So, so certainly we should be strict about their milk and uh, say that uh, technically a person isn't kosher. You're not allowed to eat a person. So if you can't eat a person, their fluids shouldn't be so kosher either. Um, and it, it's a real question. In other words, if you have, so obviously a baby has to drink its mother's milk, but is the, is the mother's milk uh, kosher? Is it, if somebody wants to heat this up in a microwave or whatever, is it, a, is it so tamaloma as a gomel ki malageru? No, it's uh, camels we got to worry about. Who tame? We don't say mother's milk is tame. Elator. So Morris said, yochel otsiyesa cholo she'enu shava bakol. So I would say, all right, there's, uh, not everybody uh, drinks uh, milk, mother. It's not something that's uh, 
not all not all two two legged people have milk. That's only something a mother has. But what about human blood? That's another fluid that comes out of a human. But blood, human blood, that's not um, uh, would not be excluded, and maybe human blood would become tame. It's animal blood that would be tame, uh, but human blood isn't tame. Uh, again, we're talking about the two fluids that come out of a human, which would be blood and milk. Do they have the ability to convey tuma? Elatar, and we're saying they don't. So um, we kind of are going into this question. The next question is going to be is it fleshic? Right, is human blood parv? Right, is it human milk? Is it uh, what is it exactly? And it, it's not again. If, if pure logic, we really wouldn't know this, is because we we find that certain liquids of, of animals uh, convey tuma. So maybe the the basically, if you don't chew your cud and um, uh, have cloven hooves, then your fluids should be tame. So why should human milk be? T- uh, wouldn't it convey tuma? And we're saying you see, it doesn't. And then the more it says, well, even human blood, uh, you might have thought conveys to him, and it doesn't. But um, Rishashis, Rishashis says, Afilu mitzvah pirish einbo. Uh, he says that human milk is even, you don't even have to stay away from it. Um, meaning that it's totally kosher. Meaning that it's kosher, meaning that I can carry it. You could drink it. A human could drink mother's milk. Uh, even though it doesn't come from an, uh, a creature that has uh, chews its cud. So, uh, but we just contradicted. We said before that you do have to stay away, that, it's, uh, uh, that for a baby it's improper. So, lo kasha hada parish, hada lo parish. It depends on if the person is nursing uh, at an older age. If an adult were to nurse from a woman, that would be considered disgusting. Whereas if an adult just drinks mother's milk, then that would be not considered, uh, uh, well, that would be kosher. Let's see Rashi. Einbo, midaraishashari, minator, there's no question, mother milk is kosher. And the rabbis also said, if you want to drink mother's milk, it's not a problem. That's if it came out already. If it's already been separated from the mother's nipples into a vessel, and you want to drink it, it's totally kosher. But vayonik minadad, if a person wants to suck it out of an adult woman, kayonik shekets midarabon, and the rabbis instituted, that's like sucking from a pig or sucking from a, go- uh, a, cow- a camel. It's not considered, it's not considered proper. Say It's not considered, it's considered uh, inappropriate. Um, so that, that maybe that really goes to the four or five year old child, or pat, you know, once a child stops, the, the act of sucking from uh, the, just that way of eating is not is not considered a proper um, uh, is considered improper. The rabbis made a decree against it. Uh, now, uh, so what? Let's get back to blood, in case you wanted to know. Okay, what about blood? Uh, so what comes out now is a fascinating thing that we jumped into. Again, that the two fluids that come out of a human, blood and milk, are really not forbidden. So the rabbis forbid milk if you, for an adult to nurse from a, a, a woman, uh, but not from uh, not if the milk is already uh, bottled, it is already pumped or whatever. That's not forbidden to an adult. But the opposite is true of blood. And what it means is occasionally 
people have gum disease or they have gum problems and they're, they, they're, they bleed. And inadvertently, they suck on it. And if that blood were forbidden, that would be very difficult. You'd have to almost like take the person and hold their mouth. You know, it's a, in other words, when people have a bloody tooth, uh, if you're going to tell me that that blood is forbidden, so they're in big trouble. They can't swallow. They'd be like, for, and when they're aware of it, you know, they'd be forced to be spitting out constantly. So there they actually permitted it. If a person has blood that didn't really come out, on the other hand, if that blood uh, they're eating and that blood comes out on the bread or on their food, then it's forbidden. So again, mother's milk, if it's from the source, it's not considered proper for an adult. Once it's been uh, pumped or out, it's kosher. Blood, on the other hand, if it's from the source, a person doesn't have to worry about it. And, uh, but if it's already out, out there in the world, then it's forbidden. Kiditanya, dump, shabag, kicker, if there's blood on your bread. This person was chewing on the bread. Goro, they have to cut it off. If the blood's in between the teeth, so you can suck it, you can lick it off. Don't, don't worry about it. If there's person's teeth are bleeding, you don't have to go into your mouth and wipe off every drop of blood so that you don't swallow it. It's not really a problem at the, at the source. Okay. What about people who like bleed and they like, I don't know, whatever, like a vampire yeah, type thing? Prevent, uh... So Rashi says here an interesting thing, and they question the Rashi. Motzito, you could suck it. The halacha de In the mouth, like nobody sees it. It's a question of a rabbinic. It, this is certainly a rabbinic. There's for sure it's human blood. We're saying is not forbidden. So I suppose if there was a medical need, there wouldn't be a problem with it uh, either. The moil certainly takes the blood in his mouth, you know, the old-fashioned way where they suck. They, they tried to spit it out, but it's not a perfect, uh, you know, if there's a medical reason uh, to do so, uh, it definitely would be uh, permitted. But Rashi here seems to say the problem is that it, um, it looks like you're eating blood. That you can't do. If, it lo- if somebody could see you eating blood, then it would be forbidden. So the question would be, if somebody sees you with your hand in your mouth, like nobody knows that you have a wound there, do they? Uh, so that maybe depends on how the wound, you know. They, but Rashi seems to go with the Morris Ayan kind of thing. And I remember seeing somebody else on this uh, discussion who wasn't, who, I, I, I did see somebody question that, you know, the, the context of Rashi. Okay. Omar Mar Yeshua, Filu, Arbo Chabishanim. He said, You can nurse five years old. I have a Tan Yeshua, Filu Chabisa even if the child's already carrying a bundle. Apparently, when you could trust a child to schlep his own uh, stuff at the airport, he's old enough to, uh, uh, you know, now shouldn't be nursing. So Morris said, actually, I divided, it's the same, it's the same thing, the four or five year stage, and the, when they're old enough to carry their stuff, that's the same thing. How are you, halakha, are you sure? We hold like that, that a child can nurse until that much older age. Okay. Tanya Rabbi Marinus. This, uh, we learned to the name of Rabbi Marinus. I've always thought it's fa- like I've mentioned this before. It's always fascinating when we get these new names, how they get in the study hall. You know, you learn a new Gemara, you get another another person. Um, there's an idea that Hashem put every person in this world to share their Torah thoughts in their one space. Where the there, there's an idea also in Shoftim that there's a judge from every tribe. You know, from every tribe, there's leadership. There's a so there, you have sages from all walks of life, Rebbe uh, Renus or whatever. 
So Omer Gonek Yonek Kol B'Shabbos. So what happens if you need to uh, if you're thirsty on Shabbos and you are uh, you are not well? You're a Gonek. Uh, you're a Gonek is a person who needs fresh goat milk. Apparently, goat milk was very healthy, and uh, certain sick people were prescribed goat milk. They mentioned the Gemara, and it, and it actually is supposed to be straight from the. It was best if they got it straight from the source. But the problem is, uh, we typically don't squeeze on Shabbos. We don't separate liquids from solids. So is that permitted? Uh, so he said a gonach. A mo- uh, this is a funny word, gonach. Rashi said, leave. His heart hurts him. It's called a, pl- uh, a plinderer. A, a plind- it's, it's a moaner. <laughs> a guy's moaning. So, using a laz? Yeah. Okay, plinderer? Plinderer, yeah. yeah look that one up. Palander. Uh, what does the art scroll call it? A moaner or something? Or a... Well, the, the footnote says uh, um, basically an engine, a pain in his heart, which causes him shortness of breath, which is heart failure. And then the alternative is uh, coughing of blood, which would be things like tuberculosis. Uh huh. But uh, so it's somebody who's, who's told that he really needs, if it's a heart thing, it means that they're giving him, isn't goat milk, goat milk is less fat or more fat? I forgot. How you feed the goat. <laughs> oh, is it okay? Is that better for heart? But either way, uh, he's allowed to do it on uh, Shabbos, my time. Now, if it's an Isser Torah, they couldn't allow it. It's only it must be that an Isser Torah we could be lenient for Rafua, and so that's what he explains. It is separating a solid from a liquid. It's like squeezing, but it's klacher yad. It's not the usual thing for an adult to nurse. But Malcolm Sarlo goes a rabban if he's in pain. The rabbis permitted it. Let's just see Rashi. What is this thing about mafarik? This uh, again, the squeezing on Shabbos. Hanotik When you remove something from where it originally came, that's called mafarik. And so over here, the milk is inside, and you're removing it. Now, by the way, that's why there are certain leniencies for nursing women to pump on Shabbos if they need to, uh, not uh, so that they're in pain. They need to, uh, that's makam sar, they're, they're in pain, and sometimes there's pain for the animals. So he's saying that this, even though it's a, there is a Torah malacha called Mefarek, but um, uh, he says, It's only Durabanan if it's not attached to the ground. If it's attached to the ground, like to pluck something from where it grows, that's called Mefarek. But over here, it's not attached to the ground. It's a, it's a form of dash of threshing. It's like removing the grain from its husk. Uh, why is this unusual? Because it's not normal for humans to nurse. Humans, uh, so he's saying regular milking would not be a shinoi. But uh, nursing it is a shinoi. It's not normal. It's not a normal way. So a sick person could actually, if he needs his goat milk, he could go and suck it out. Okay, back to the more. Omer of Yosef, halacha karevi marinas. We agree with Mevi marinas. Wait, you direct from a, from a goat? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. Because that's, that's a shinui. That's unusual. That's it's the... Unusual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine so. Imagine if you saw goats, you really wouldn't want to get up there and... Uh, uh, unless you... would let you be up there. That's also probably your true. Tanya, nacham ish galya. Omar, tzinu she'olobo kashkeshin. He says, what if your drain pipe gets, cl- uh, gets clogged and your roof is going to flood and going to leak in your house? 
That's what Rashi says, actually. You thought I'm exaggerating. Let's see Rashi, Kash Kashim. Kashim, it means straw. It's Rashi about eight lines up. And grass, Shisosman. That, you know, you have a big rain. If you don't, I have gutter guard, but it only, does, not the gutter guard, a different gutter guard. We, uh, but uh, they're not perfect. Sometimes the drains get clogged. And it prevents the water from going. And if your drain is clogged, it's amazing they haven't come up with a better system in 2,000 years, right? When your drain gets clogged, um, what happens is the dolphin labias. It's going to spill into the house. And then it's going to be, you're in big trouble. So what happens if on Shabbos you become aware that your uh, gutters are beginning to clog and it's going to overflow in the house? So the Gemara continues, back to the Gemara. Ma'akmin beregel. You can step on it with your feet when nobody's watching on Shabbos. Make sure nobody's watching. Uh, and don't feel bad about it. My time, oh why? Misakin kolachar yadhu. This is a rabbinic problem of, of unclogging the drain, and it's not the normal way to do it with your foot. So, if you're going to have a leak in your house, that's going to be a big loss, and the rabbis allowed it, and he said Allah is like that. I don't know, there, there's no Rambam letter there. Um, actually, there is. I, uh, but it's just interesting. Uh, he says... This is an important rule, by the way. Often you have to do, sometimes you get these Amazon deliveries on Shabbos and you're concerned that the uh, porch thieves will take it or be left out in the sun or whatever. So you can move it with your foot into the house or something. Sometimes if you move it with klakr yad, uh, yad literally means backhanded, but there's no better backhand than your foot. That's the, let's finish that Rashi. Klakr yad. Uh-huh. I, I was just wondering the connection of so he said that nursing uh, a person nursing from a live animal is a, is a shinoi. So once we mentioned one shinoi and we said, uh, correct, there we were talking about the Mokham Tsar, but uh, once we said one shinoi, we said another halacha of shinoi. But uh, it's not directly connected, but I think that's how we got there. Is he mentioned a shinoi of nursing. So we mentioned another halacha of shinoi of using your foot. Let's see that. Rashi You're using your foot. That's why we mentioned it here. Okay, back to the Gemara. But you're right, we did change the subject. So then we get back to the uh, question of nursing. Once the child stopped, the choser, uh, and you, you like push the child back to do it, that's, a, that's not a good thing. The comma. Um, how long is considered stopping? What's considered stopping? Thirty days, three days. Stop for three days. It's it's off the habit. One day doesn't mean anything. But three days. That's another way to quote it directly. Ten rabbanim. Two lines from the banim. What happens if a woman is nursing and her husband dies? Uh, within 24 months, the child didn't get his two years. And again, apparently, the, um, it, it, within the two years, the children need mother's milk and the formula. And uh, if they, um, in those days, they didn't have that many foods that could nourish the child well. Um, and we know today that there's nothing like mother's milk. So if the child, uh, within 24 months, the husband died, 
a woman shouldn't get engaged, and shouldn't get married, Ad until 24 months have gone by, until the, basically the child got a full 24 months. As we turn the page, this is a rabbinic decree that still applies nowadays. Um, and Rashi, uh, if the woman remarries, she'll get pregnant, and she will need to uh, wean the child, and her new father, and the new husband is not the dad. That he's going to pay the extra money to buy expensive eggs and milk and other things that would uh, be able to supplement the child. And for, basically for the needs of the child, they said the mother should wait 24 months before remarrying. That's Remer. Reb Yehuda Mater. He permitted it. Um, uh, let's, Bishman Esther called us 18 months. He said 18 months is enough. That's This argument is actually an earlier argument. They said 24 months. Well, Beis Hillel was more lenient. So how do we solve this 18 or 24? He said, He said, it's permitted to have Nisuin at 24 months. The Divra Omer the one who said 18 uh, is permitted to get married uh, at, at uh, 15 months. Why? Basically, he's saying you could go three months earlier. It takes three months for the, uh, the, the, pregnant, the, the, the pregnancy to, the new pregnancy to change, to, to, uh, for the milk to dry up. Omer uh, like Omar Mar Upali Hitili Reb Kanina Lasis Lacha Kamisha Asakodish. To me, Reb Kanina permitted, there was a case where he permitted a woman to remarry after 15 months. Um, the, uh, so that's the question whether it was 18 or 15. Arise da Baye, now we get some stories. Let's see how the Lacha goes. Abaye had a sharecropper. Could she get engaged after 15 months? Now, it, the uh, engagement means that she's not married yet. Um, so Omerle, Chadez, he said, well, first of all, what, let's look at the halacha. It's, it's a machlokas remer, Yehuda. We hold like Reb Yehuda, so that should be okay. We hold like Beis Hillel. He permitted once a woman to get married after 15 months. So kosher cannot. Certainly you are not getting married, only getting engaged. So it's totally fine. He said, go for it, get engaged. He also came to Reb Yosef when he went to visit Reb Yosef, his Rebbe. He, he's told him, I passed and it was okay to get married. She said, no, Rav and Shmuel hold you need 24 months. Besides the, from the birthday, besides the engagement. You goofed. You blew that halacha. So what did he do? He took off on a marathon. He's, now I got to find that woman who he, he didn't want somebody to do wrong because of his halacha. He chased after her three parses. And some people say, Parsa Bechala, he ran in the sand. Try running in the sand. If you ever run in the sand, that's how the, the Marines get practice on that. It's, uh, it's not, that's like very, very difficult to run in the sand. Below Adrika, unfortunately, he didn't, re- uh, reach, he didn't catch her. Somehow she couldn't find the one who he had permitted by mistake. Omar Abahi Milsa, Omar Abanan, 
Um, so uh, this uh, apparently he, he the, the more is telling us to to teach us he should not he thought he knew that halacha, and he goofed. If you remember, he even presented all his logic why he thought it was okay, and uh, uh, basically since he had a rebbe to ask, and he did it on his own. That was why he, um, I don't know if Hashem made him forget the halacha, but he got that one wrong. So now Abayi makes a point and says, Omer Abayi, high milestone, Omer Abayi, rabbis had a saying, Afilu beta bakukta. Somebody wants to know if they can serve eggs, deviled eggs, with famous Babylonian kutak. We always get back to the famous cheese dip of the Babylonians. That was their national dish, by the way. That's like a certain... Certain peoples have their dish. You have to, you know, that they just love that dish. That, that was the kutach. So the question is, can you eat eggs and cheese dip? Eggs are, might be, they come from an animal. And cheese is milkic. And you say, that's a simple shiloh. I learned that in third grade. So are you permitted, if somebody asks you that shiloh, can you spare your rebbe from having to answer that? Lolishri inish mamaka rabbi. A person shouldn't answer questions when they're around the rebbe. So lo the Mexican Now you might say it looks like you're an apicorus that you don't trust your Rebbe or you want to brag. Uh, it's because a person won't have help from Hashem to teach the halacha correctly. In the obvious cases, yeah. He says, I knew that halacha of Rav and Shmuel of 24 months. I should have known that. But somehow when I needed it, I couldn't recall it. It's a very important idea that at the end of the day, to get a halacha properly, you have to have uh, um, help from Hashem and you have to fear Hashem. And if you somehow arrive at halacha in a way that either slights your Rebbe or is done improperly without you do it too fast, then you won't have help that it should come out correctly. And uh, memory has to do with coming out correctly, and that's why he said he goofed. So there is, uh, we'll go Super Sunday, we'll go, we'll go a little bit longer, we'll try to get the two dots, but there is a, an interesting tosus here. What's the deal with the eggs in the uh, kuta? Why? What's the shaila? Tosus, top tosus. We're not talking about regular eggs. He said... You know, there's, nobody would ask that question if you can eat eggs with milk. That's not the Shiloh. So uh, he says, He's talking about you shechted a chicken and you found the eggs inside the chicken. So those are like a, a fleshic type of egg. Usually whatever's inside, if you find an egg inside a chicken, you. so the truth is if it's not fully... A uh, full-grown egg. I don't know what the word would be. Fully developed egg. So then it is considered fleshic. But if it's fully developed, like it was ready to hatch, then it's considered parv. Like it. In this case, it wasn't laid. Yeah, it wasn't laid. So in in this case, that was the Shiloh. And if it's fully developed, it's permitted to be eaten. So that's a, that was the question. Um, so then Tosa said, wait a second, that's not so simple. Um that uh, by non-kosher and we are strict and we are um, and so the Tosas actually has a big discussion about people don't eat it they do eat it so it's funny because we're trying to come up with a simple thing that he could poskin and, and Tosas wanted to learn it and they wait a second and that's not so simple at all and so I think he's proving the point that it's, a person should um, 
have, yeah, sometimes there are things that you think are simple, which are really not so simple. Back to Gemara. Let's say you gave your child to a wet nurse. Or you weaned him. Or um, a child has passed away. So then the mother can get married within 24 months. There's a deeper idea here. There, this was a rabbinic decree that the mother... Right away, right, right away, yeah, within 20, yeah, but you're saying right away after the, this event. So there's a deeper idea here. It's all rabbinic decrees. The rabbis didn't list all their reasons for decrees. They, uh, first of all, if you list the reasons, then people will find, circumvent them. That, that's a, we learned that actually from last week's Parsha with the kings, where the Torah has a reason and uh, people circumvent, you know, don't have too many horses or too much money because of, that doesn't apply to me. So... The, the basic concept was that when a mother remarries to a new husband, the children from the old husband sometimes are neglected. Uh, when a person marries, that's a, it's a lot of work to adjust to a new household and get married. And uh, they wanted the mother to give this child the 24 months of attention to make sure its needs, uh, at least from that stage, were fully uh, taken care of before she started new life again, or that there, you could see, or psychologically, you need time to remarry. There are a lot of reasons why uh, you would want not want the mother jumping to uh, remarry right away. So he wanted to follow this ruling that the, the decree of 24 months didn't apply. Uh, so this is fascinating too. A grandma, an, old, an older lady came to him and testified, I wanted to stop nursing after, I, wa- I had stopped nursing within 24 months, and I wanted to um, uh, remarry for Asali Reb Nachman, and Reb Nachman didn't permit it. So this was a testimony from an old, an old lady. So, but basically, it was accepted that uh, we don't follow, Reb Nachman himself didn't follow this leniency uh, within the 24 months. Um, any, uh, it's not so. He did permit the in the house of the Reshkalusa, who had uh, the question really is if they have a wet nurse, can they remarry? The whole problem was that their baby won't have uh, have milk. But if they have a wet nurse, what's the problem? So Morris says, The is not going to change their mind. They can afford it. There wasn't a problem of them uh, not paying the wet nurse. So there, there was no concern. But a regular person, uh, just because they uh, they they said, oh, don't worry. Well, she'll get remarried and she'll pay a wet nurse. They might change their mind. So it was because of their means that they were permitted. Correct. That's how I understood that. Omer Papa Ba'aten Lo Tizro. Don't you agree? Some women they want to go back to to their father's house. Oh, Shayolo Kasvezbal. Some of them it's just they're homesick. They always need to be. Uh, visiting their family, or they they they're they're always fighting at home. Oh, shayu bala or their husbands in jail. Oh, shalak bala medina sayam, or their husbands across the sea. Oh, shayu bala zakein, always too old. Oh, cholo sikha sheshakira, or it's that she's it's it's no longer going to have children. Bezikna, or he's he can't have children, or she can't. Islandess viktana vamapelasachamises bala. Or she miscarried after the death. Or she can't give birth. Here we're talking about a different decree. There's a decree that you wait three months after remarrying, uh, before you marry from one husband to another. 
So again, also there are other reasons besides the, knowing who the child is. There's a concept we don't want them to be thinking about the old husband when they marry the new husband. If somebody switches, you know, a husband died, they get married tomorrow, it's not considered such a good thing. But there's also the idea of low plug. We don't like, once you allow exceptions, they become the rule. So the rule of the three months, even without a child, that you wait three months in between marriages, that's... Uh, uh, that then even if there's no reason, even if you're not afraid that she's pregnant. Rav Yossi Matil Aris Lanasa, he even permitted it right away. He said that you could miyad right away. Um, this comes up often with converts, that, uh, that they, they, um, in other words, they're married to a man and they convert, and you need to wait three months in between when they were married to a non-Jew and when they married to a Jew. And so the question is, what if they have a birth control test or whatever, if they know they're not pregnant? Are there any heterim? It's a big discussion about that. So we hold like Rameir's decrees. He says, oh, I made a mistake. I didn't realize. Uh, and that's always a famous question. Does it mean he didn't realize means he didn't agree? Or does it mean, oh, I did forget uh, that we agree with Rameir? These two things are practical. Uh, the, the 24 months, if there's a child for remarriage, and the three months, even if there's not child waiting in between. The Hilchasa, the halach is meis mutter. Somebody, if the child dies, you don't got to wait. Gamosa, if the child just was weaned, you still got to wait 24 months. And again, that, that was, I said that the theory is that you, you know, the child still needs taken care of before the, they remarry. Marbara Vashi Omar Filu meis nami yasser. He says, even if the child dies, we don't let the mother marry right away because Dilma Cutley, because maybe the mother will kill the child at whoops, Uminsivle in order that she remarry. We're concerned that if we tell the mother she can't remarry as long as she has a child, oh I can take care of that. Avi Uvda, there was such a case for Khanka and the mother uh, choked the baby. Well um so um the Gemara says the, that's not a good proof. The Gemara says he shot you. That's that's a woman was deranged. No healthy mother would choke a child so that she could remarry. Our, our women don't do that. But uh, so the question is: Do you have to be suspicious that there could be a very unhealthy woman who so much wants to remarry that she would uh, choke her child if you uh, don't uh, uh, if you're going to allow that? Uh, but uh, so that is the question. Okay, we will stop here at the Tanur Rabbanan. Have a great day.